Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. Here's what I've learned, and I don't know if... uh, Maybe I just catch on slow. Thank you, Rusty. Um, we used to ask God to show up in our services. And, and then we learned that there's nowhere I can go that he is not. But I, I, I've learned that when the Spirit of the Lord is as present as he has been today, that he, he doesn't do that just to show off. That there's something he wants to do in us and through us. And, and I, I want you to, we say that a lot, but I want you to understand that what God wants to do in you isn't just for you. It is that he wants to do something in you and to do something through you. That church doesn't end when they hit the last chord and you walk out the door. That's really when the body of Christ invades the world. All right, that's not even my sermon, so I'm just going to stop. We're starting a brand new sermon series today that I'm very, very, very excited about. Now, I'm going to tell you who will enjoy and get something out of this service, this message series, okay? If you're ready to grow, if if you're ready to take another step in in your walk and and you're trying to... uh, I'm trying to think of another word, but I'm just going to say it like it's coming to me. If you're trying to mature in your walk with the Lord, then I I think this will help you. Uh, It's helping me. Uh, And it's called Words to Live By. And it's really a series uh, that we're taking out of the book of Proverbs. Now, the book of Proverbs, if if you're unfamiliar, is one of the books we call the books of poetry. Uh, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, uh, Psalms. Uh, they're, they're, they're books of poetry, but this particular, this particular book is a book of wisdom. It's a book of wisdom, and you're going to hear that word a lot today. You're going to hear a lot, that word a lot over the next several weeks. Uh, uh, the, the proverbs are not unique to the Bible. We, we hear proverbs all the time. I can prove it to you. Um, early to bed makes a man... Right, okay, so we, we, we're comfortable with Proverbs. Um, some of them have contradictions. My dad used to say, son, a job well done need never be done again. And I get what he was saying. It was, you know, you do it right the first time, right? That's, that's sage advice. A job well done need never be done again. I said, I happen to be a cocky 15-year-old at one point and said, that's not true, Dad. Just so you know, the next about eight minutes of my life are a blur. I said, that's not true, Dad. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I cut the grass well, and I got to do it again next week. I got to do it again next week. So sometimes our Proverbs have contradictions. Uh, Okay, you get what you pay for. The best things in life are free. 
You with me? Here's what you won't find. You won't find contradictions in the book of Proverbs. They point you down the path toward a wise life. They point you down a path toward wisdom living. And today we're going to discover the foundation for wisdom in our life. So how many know that there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom? There's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? Knowledge recognizes that the bridge is out. Wisdom stops the car. Right? There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge sees the rain. Wisdom opens the umbrella. Knowledge understands that I could eat this wedge of peanut butter cake that Connie Johnson sent me this morning with my coffee all at one time. Wisdom says, you better hold some of that for later. Just telling you. Knowledge understands the Bible. Wisdom walks with God. There's a big difference. We can amass a wealth of knowledge. Putting it into practice is wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7 says it this way. Wisdom is supreme, so acquire wisdom. Wisdom is supreme. God says that above else, all else, wisdom is supreme, so get it, find it. And the first eight or nine books of Proverbs are all about this case for wisdom. Find it, get it, chase it, do whatever you got to do to grasp it and hang on to it all your life. Don't discard it. Get wisdom. I like the way Billy Graham said it. Knowledge is horizontal wisdom is vertical it comes down from above see you can get knowledge on a horizontal level your education what you need your university your school you and you need but wisdom the kind of wisdom we're talking about comes from God so today we're going to talk about wisdom's foundation where does it all begin? And before we get there, I want to talk to you about four kinds of people that we find in the book of Proverbs. Four different kinds of people. And you're probably, as we describe these four different kinds of people, you may find yourself in parts of all four kinds. And if you do, don't freak out, because when I was putting this deal together, I, I was like, well, I, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that too. So don't, don't beat yourself up. The first person we're going to talk about the first kind of person that proverbs talks about that we're going to discuss is the simple look at somebody and say are you simple proverbs 7 and 7 says i saw the simple i noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense now oftentimes now i don't, I don't want to beat the young people up but in, oftentimes in proverbs uh, solomon attaches the simple to youth and, uh, you know, listen, I don't know, I don't know how old Satan was when he rejected God's authority, but I'm going to guess 15. <laughs> right? Sometimes a 15-year-old knows everything there is to know about life. And before we beat them up too bad, you and I got some 15-year-old in us, don't we? Everybody in the room does. So we're talking about 
when, when we hear the word simple, we're talking about folks that just haven't lived enough life to, to learn the stuff of life. We're talking about maybe young children or University of Alabama fans. I'm not even sorry for it. Some of y'all are waiting for an apology, so I'm sorry that you're not going to get an apology. <laughs> it's talking about unlearned. And, and I want you to hear my heart here. Um, that's all of us. You don't know as much as you think you know. I don't know as much as I think I know. That's why we need each other. See, I don't, I don't care how much or how little you think you know. Somebody knows more. I, I'm, I'm thankful we got some young men in, in Bible school working toward ministry. And if it hadn't happened yet, it's gonna. When they're going to go, they didn't teach me this in Bible school. <laughs> Sometimes we are just simple that's why we need people around us we need people around us who've been down wisdom's road listen i don't care how far along you, the road you are somebody's further along that you need to let invest into your life and speak wisdom and 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 and, and truth into you and listen if if you're at that point in your life and you know it seems like this came up a couple weeks ago so maybe god's trying to say something to me or somebody else but it, it if you're at that point in your life when you just feel like you've learned all you need to learn, then that's a dangerous place. We talked about blind spots a couple weeks ago. You need, if you're not willing to let somebody speak into those blind spots, some wise person that's been further down wisdom's road than you are, then listen, you're simple. And I don't mean that critically, and I don't mean that harshly. I, 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 I hope you receive that in the spirit that it comes from. If you're not ready to listen to somebody else, then, then you're simple. And you're, you, you've gone as far as you're going. I, I tweeted this this morning. I, I believe this with everything in me. Godly wisdom is bred in the context of community. Y'all write that down. Godly wisdom is bred in the context of community. You weren't designed to be a lone ranger. And if you think you can do it all by yourself, you're simple. And I don't mean that harshly. It's just true. You need someone else. You need someone to help you down wisdom's road. Look at somebody say, don't be simple. The second kind of person is the fool. Proverbs 10 and 23 says, a fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. But a person of understanding delights in wisdom. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes, but a person of understanding delights in wisdom. So let's just get it out of the way. Anybody done anything foolish in your life? Oh, okay. Anybody done anything foolish this year? Anybody done anything foolish this week? What, what time is it? Let me tell you what the difference between simple and foolish. See, the, the simple doesn't know what to do. 
The foolish know what the right thing to do is and decides against it. You with me? And listen, we understand the Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season. And that's really what he's talking about. He said, a fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. Let's see if this sounds familiar. I know I shouldn't eat that. I know I shouldn't drink that. I know I shouldn't smoke that. I know I shouldn't take that. I know I shouldn't look at that. I know I shouldn't listen to that. I know I shouldn't date that. I know I shouldn't buy that. I know I shouldn't go there, but I'm going anyway. Does that ring true for anybody? It does me too, so don't get mad at me when I say this. That's foolish. Right? Proverbs 13 and 20 says it like this. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. If you've ever, if you've ever had a teenager in your home, wave at me. How many were able to recognize that dude you're hanging out with is a fool? I will tell you a story that will shock and appall all of you. <laughs> How many know that sometimes bad choices just lead to bad choices, just lead to bad choices, just lead to bad choices? I don't even know if I ever told my wife this. I, I intentionally waited till my children were adults to tell them this so they didn't. All right, so we're, we're riding around. I'm riding around in a car full of fools, <laughs> otherwise known as my youth group at my home church. And we went from, we were always getting in, not bad trouble, but a little trouble. You know, like lowercase trouble. You know, we was always rolling somebody's yard. You know, it's just what we did. We was always harassing females because we, we couldn't get them to go out with us, so we thought we'd just make their life difficult. And, and we're out and about on one of these nights, and next thing we know, and, and literally, it, it seemed like instantaneously, one of us, not Dwayne, hallelujah, one of us is laying out of the, of the pasture window with a baseball bat, smashing mailboxes, one right after the other. Now, I need you to know, I did not do that. They wouldn't let me in the front seat. And, and at the time, it seemed like a prank. And it seemed fun, but it was foolish. You know why? Because you're destroying federal property. And the GBI agent that showed up at my buddy's house who was driving wasn't amused. And when my dad got the phone call from the GBI agent, I was like, I swear, Daddy, I didn't hit one. <laughs> Can I tell you, oftentimes a, a small foolish decision gives birth to a bigger foolish decision. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in trouble that we cannot get out of. Did, did you hear what it said? A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. See, what we did was foolish. And when we, listen, and this is going to sting, but I'm just going to tell you, when we look at God's word, when we, when we listen to God's word from, from this platform or from wherever you, you hear it, and we know the right thing to do and walk the other direction. There is no other word to describe it but 
foolish. Foolish choices rarely give birth to positive outcomes. How many know that when we do something foolish, it usually brings pain? So I I don't want to be simple, and I don't want to be foolish. The third kind of person that Proverbs talks about is the mocker. The mocker doesn't just exhibit foolish behavior. He, He tries to tear down anybody attempting to live wisely, otherwise known as a Facebook troll. Proverbs 9 and 7, 8, 9, 7 and 8 says, Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes their wicked, the, excuse me, whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Uh, let, let me ask you a question. Y'all don't see me talking a lot about politics and all that stuff on social media. I want to talk about Jesus and my family. That's why I'm there. But have you ever got sucked into one of these conversations? Where, you know, maybe you politely disagreed with someone and it, and, and it just escalated and escalated and escalated. Back many, several, several, several months ago, we were doing a series about the end times and I asked one question. I said, do you believe in a literal hell? I didn't, I, that's all it was. It was required a yes or no, oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness, you wouldn't believe the vitriol that just was spewing out of people. I, I was obviously a, 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 a hateful, hateful person. I had to delete a lot of those comments because y'all were reading them. Can I just tell you, man, if you're here and you're trying to do the right thing, I'm not saying you're living perfectly because you're not. I'm not. There's one perfect one. You're, you're trying to do the right thing. I want, I want you to know that there's going to be mockers that will show up. It, they may come from unexpected places. It may come from inside your family. Truthfully, not a lot you can do about them. So here's my counsel. Here's my advice to you. Just don't be one. You don't hear me stand up behind this pulpit and talk about other ministries and other pastors and other preachers. I don't do that. It's, I, don't, I don't think we benefit anything from it. So, you know what? I'm, I can't help about mockers in my life. You know what I can decide to be? I can decide not to be one. See, a mocker is a fool on steroids. So we talked about so far the simple, the fool, and the mocker. Let me tell you what mockers do. And we've had them here. Mockers will bounce from church to church to church. I, I, I saw a guy post something that had been in our, in our building a couple times. And listen, write what you want to. I don't care. You know, I, 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 well, I do care a little. Actually, I care a lot. So never mind. Don't write what you want to. Never mind. Forget. <laughs> cut those last 42 seconds out of the, I'm just kidding. But here was a statement. I've been to every church in Walton County and hadn't found a good one yet. And I'm going to say, listen, if you've been to every church and you can't find a good one, it ain't, it ain't the church's problem. Dude, that's you. 
you're a mocker. I didn't say that because I'm not one, but I wanted to. <laughs> so he talked about the simple, the foolish, the mocker, and then he talked about the wise. Proverbs 9 and 9 says, Instruct the wise and they'll be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they'll add to their learning. Instruct the wise and they'll be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they'll add to their learning. Listen, the wise are teachable. So before we go any further how, of wisdom's foundation, I want us to approach this this message series Lord teach me I, maybe you have all the knowledge that you think you need God teach me not just to be knowledgeable teach me to be wise teach me to be wise and, and please hear me if you think you don't need to be taught we're in trouble y'all so that brings us to wisdom's foundation. Wisdom's foundation is our text. Like, oh, Dwayne, you're scaring me to death. It's eight minutes to 12, and you're just now reading the text. You'll be all right, I promise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of of wisdom. Wisdom starts, wisdom's foundation is found in the fear of the Lord. So if that's the foundation, we cannot go on with this series. We can't go, we can't leave this building until we define what does it mean to fear God. See, I, some of you guys were raised in the church. I wasn't, and, and so sometimes I have a distorted view of churchy stuff see i i would hear a phrase like fear god and i would take it very very literally but then someone would say well it's not really a fear like you have to be afraid of god it's it's a reverence it's a holy reverence and respect and giving honor to god and then i read jesus words that says don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to, to destroy both the body and soul in hell. I was like, that's pretty scary. So which is it? Is it this dread? Is it a scared fear of God? Or is it this holy reverence? And respect for God. And, and I'm afraid that the answer to that lies in how you approach Him. There's really two kinds of fear. The first one we're going to talk about is servile fear or servile fear. And that's the type of fear that a a servant would have for his master. A, a servant would have for a hostile master. That's the kind of fear that someone on death row would have for the prison warden. A fear that's mortal. 
And the, the second kind of fear is filial fear. F-I-L-I-A-L. And that's really a, a family kind of word. It's, it, it's the fear that a son has for his father. It's not, I'm terrified of this man. You remember when you're five and you're like, this guy can drive a car. He can do anything. You're in awe of this person that can do all of these things that you can't do. He can dress himself. He can, he can do all these things that I can't do. He can fix a car. And you're in awe of his ability to fix a car. You're in awe of his ability to tear something apart and put it back together with much fewer parts than he took it apart with. So which, which fear is it? Which kind of fear is he talking about? Is he talking about a servile, servant, taskmaster, executioner fear? Or is he talking about the fear that we have for a loving father? The reverence, the awe in this creature that can do what we cannot. See, I really think it depends. The New Testament teaches us that it's a dreadful thing to be a sinner in the hand of a, of a holy God. And here's what I believe that means. If, if I stand before God and my life has been redeemed, the blood of Christ has been applied to my life. He can look at me and instead of my sin, see his son I've been adopted into his family. If I were to reject his son and his grace and mercy, then I'm a sinner in the hands of a vengeful, angry God. So how you approach the fear of God really depends on you. How you approach the fear of God really depends on your condition as you stand in front of him. Here's what I hope. I, I hope you've captured Proverbs 19.23. You don't have it, so just pay attention. Fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Does that sound like a taskmaster fear? Does that sound like an executioner fear? No, that sounds like the awe and reverence and honor we give to a loving father. Man, I, I hope that you're here and the blood of Christ has been applied to your life. You have accepted Christ and not rejected him. And, and, and if that's you, then, then your fear of God is an awesome, holy reverence for this creature this magnificent awesome being that can do what you cannot we fear God in that way for two reasons first of all we fear God because of his righteousness sometimes you hear that word righteousness and it sounds too biblical so I'm gonna help you with that okay just take part of the word out righteousness you know what that means rightness 
God's right. I don't care what the question is. God's right. How many know we live in a culture that's trying to pick and choose what parts of life God is right about? And I'm going to tell you that regardless, God is right. And I'm, maybe I'm naive, but I don't care. But I will go to my grave believing. Now, this doesn't look like a Bible to you, but it's my Bible. That I, believing this Bible is God's word and God's breath. And it's right. There's none holy like the Lord. For there is none beside you. There's no rock like our We fear the Lord. We fear God because He's holy. Donna, come on up. We fear God because He's holy. Man, I, I, I've told you this before, but it bears repeating. I, I grew up in a, in a church that was very holiness. And here's, here's what I mean by that. It meant that, you know, the men rolled their sleeves all the way down and didn't have hair on their collar. That was holiness. But women didn't wear makeup. And oh. My pastor in Statesboro said, I asked him what he thought about makeup, and he said, hey, if barn needs painting, paint it. <laughs> He's a wise man, right? So maybe you have a distorted view of what holiness is, and I'm going to tell you that when I say God is holy, means he's set apart that means he stands on his own that there is no one like our God there's none holy like the Lord there's none besides you he alone is holy so when we say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom that means we stand in awesome, holy reverence to the only one. The only one. See, earlier you stood to your feet. Some of you lifted your hands toward heaven and acknowledged the presence of God. That's the fear of the Lord. That's where wisdom starts. Some of you got up early. And came and sat and listened to Matthew Robertson teach a Bible class at 10 o'clock. That's the fear of the Lord. And that's the beginning of wisdom. Some of you are going to come to a life group tonight because you, you want more of what God's doing. You know what that is? That's honoring God. That's the fear of the Lord. And that's the beginning of wisdom. Some of you are going to show up Wednesday night and go through this Anxious for Nothing series to be with our young adults in their new group. And you know what that is? That's the fear of the Lord. And that's the beginning of wisdom. The more we honor the Holy One, the more we fear Him. <laughs> I love this song. In fact, it's, it's kind of where I'm at. Maybe you've heard it, I don't know. We've sang it here a few times. But I, I just need you to hear the words to this song. 
and, and just pay attention to these words. wisdom seeker that's not a song by the way that's a prayer what if tomorrow morning you started your day like this holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder of your goodness and your holiness and your, and your awesomeness and the fact that you can do what I cannot. Show me who you are. Fill me with your heart. Lead me in love to those around me. What if you started your day like that? Can I tell you, wisdom seeker, that's the fear of the Lord. And that's where wisdom starts. So write this down. Your first word to live by for this series is this. The first step toward wisdom. The first step toward wisdom in life is a healthy fear of God. Step one. The first step toward wisdom in life is a healthy fear of God. A pastor that I have a lot of respect for, his name is Chris Hodges, said it like this. When I understand what it means to fear God, I can live fearlessly. Think about that. When I understand what it means to fear God, what else have I to fear? Whom shall I fear? If God be for us, who can be against us? Bow your heads. Here's how I think I want to do this service end this time together before we participate in communion we're going to sing that chorus just two or three or four times and if you're here and you say Pastor Dwayne I need to be on, on a road toward wisdom my path is leading me in another direction and I want to be on a road toward wisdom. Then I want to give you an opportunity to pray. And if you want to pray at your seat, that's fine. If you want to pray around these altars, that's fine as well. Now listen, I don't, I don't know that God hears you any better. 
up at the front of the church than he does in your seat. But I will tell you that I talk to God better when I'm kneeling at an altar. I don't know why. So maybe you're here and you want to you kneel around this altar. Well, they'll be open when we start singing this chorus again. You can come kneel around this altar. Maybe you say, Dwayne, I've done some very simple things. I've done some foolish things. I've been a mocker. I want to be wise. It doesn't mean that you're not saved. It doesn't mean that you don't love God. It just means that you're, you, you've let your path go get a little awry. So I'm going to challenge you. We're going to do this course a handful of times. And if you say, Dwayne, that's not me. I think I'm on wisdom's path. Here's what I need you. I need you to do two things. I need you, first of all, I need you to worship God because that's the fear of the Lord and that's the beginning of wisdom. And I need you to pray for, for those that, that, that might be making a, a new start, fresh commitment. Can we do that? Teach us to be wise. Help us to honor you to fear you with an awesome reverence and honor because we know that's where wisdom starts. God, there have been those today that have said, listen, I've been on a bad path. But today, they've acknowledged a holy God, which is the beginning of wisdom. So God, I pray. God, maybe there's somebody here that hasn't surrendered their life to Christ. Over the next few moments, God, I just pray that you do a great work in Jesus' name.